that's good. Um, okay, so here we go. Hey, everybody, it is AJ Riley with Coleman Geraci for the next installment of your favorite podcast, Two <laughs> Chaps Pod. We know we're new, we may not be your favorite yet, but we yet. would like to be your favorite, and that's why we're doing this. And we have a topic that we want to talk about today. Listen, we know that you watching are watching on a YouTube channel called Uncultured Dead. We also write for a website called Uncultured Dead, a an uncultured space for faith, family, and fatherhood. And so we felt it we would be remiss. <laughs> If we did not start our podcast, we started last week with the introduction. If you haven't seen yeah. that yet, make sure you check out that podcast or YouTube video. But then we thought, okay, if we're going to start with this uncultured space for faith, family, and fatherhood, we have to really boil it down to what is a man? Now, if yeah. that sounds familiar, there was a, a Daily Wire documentary called What is a Woman that was interesting. Mm -hmm. Again, we refuse to get political on these types of things, but it was a very good documentary and very enlightening documentary in a lot of ways. So I'm sure some people were not huge fans of it. Yeah. So we decided we're not going to do a documentary because we don't have the budget for that, <laughs> but we can talk. And so we're going to exactly. talk and say, you know, what what is a man? And we actually put out a blog this week, too, about masculinity mattering, how society needs good men. Well... We have to define that. We have to know right. what is the baseline from which we can build this faith, family, and fatherhood kind of idea from. So are yeah. you ready to jump into this? <laughs> yeah, I, I I think so. I, I will say that, um, you know, we, we will obviously derive our definition of man from the biblical text. Um, of course. And, and we are presenting this from the Christian worldview. So... I, we're going to have biases in that itself, but of course. there is there's also just, and even the Bible speaks this way, Romans chapter 1, and um, that in nature itself, there is this revelation of things that are ordered and that are different. And so that even if you're not Christian, uh, there's still something that it's like, well, yeah, a man is different than a woman. And yeah. uh, there are specific things that men do and that, and there are specific things that's that women can do and they don't they can't like substitute for each other um the easiest women give birth men do right. not so right. you know that's obviously that's but we're going to come at it from the uh, biblical standpoint but i do think that there are even for non-christians this is you know uh, this talk of um, manhood and, and what does it mean to be a man uh, is necessary uh, there was you a clip that that you sent me i think um Jordan Peterson, uh, who is, you know, uh, pretty well outspoken about a lot of this stuff. Uh, and something that he said is like, you know, the question was, uh, is it okay to be a man? And he was yeah. just like, is it okay? It is necessary. necessary. There, there's, yes. there's a, there's a real, um, truth to that because mm -hmm. we, and especially when you view it from uh, the Christian perspective of how God has created and ordered things man is a necessary component in this uh in the flourishing of creation 
uh, and in the responsibilities that we have for creation itself. Correct. And to plug another uh, post, you talked about the masculinity um, mattering. Uh, we put up a post about uh, the order of creation. Yes. Which is not you know, tends not to be a as central of a doctrine. In fact. In Christianity, most people end up talking about is creation Just six creation. days or Correct. yeah, you know that type of stuff. But it's mm -hmm. really uh, it, I, I, where I, obviously where I come down and uh, is six days, six twenty-four hour days, and then the seventh day uh, God rested. We agree. I have no re I have no reason to disbelieve that. So that's that's where I stand with that. Other denominations, whatever, can figure that out on their own. But within that creation account, both. Um, Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, we get a picture of God's ordering mm -hmm. things for a particular purpose, yeah. uh, with particular functions, and that that is very good. That's how God declares it all exactly. when Correct. he's done creating it. And so coming from that perspective, and especially developing our understanding of what is a man and what are the roles and functions and responsibilities of a man in this created order— is very important for us as we talk about it in Uncultured Dead um, and, uh, and to especially to challenge, well, encourage, I wouldn't say yeah. necessarily challenge, um, men to be that, especially as yes. fathers and husbands. So. Well, and, and the reasoning, and I think you would agree with this, is if you look at society as a whole, we have a lot of people in men's bodies who are not really men and mm -hmm. i don't mean that in any type of political transgendered way what i mean is you have a lot of emotionally unstable little boys mm -hmm. that are dressed yeah. up in men's clothes yep. that are creating societal problems that need to be rectified and redeemed mm -hmm. ultimately yeah and and unfortunately like <laughs> It's too prevalent, and mm -hmm. and I'm 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 gonna try to like really like <laughs> be stoic when we talk about this subject, but there is a reason that I started Uncultured Dad, and there's a reason that I brought you on board to help me further Uncultured Dad, because mm -hmm. there is a hole, a massive hole in society, yeah. and it's good men. Yeah, I agree, um, and that is. And yeah, the goalposts kind of keep moving on what is a good man, like what is expected. And again, that's where we come down and say, wait a second, God it has told us. Exactly. And, and, and exactly. for us as, and this is a, a uh, it really comes down to uh, for, for us and for, for uh, to encourage fathers and husbands, it comes down to recognizing what who God has created you to be mm -hmm. um, a, as a man and then the gifts that are associated with it the gifts and it they might not sound like gifts but when when you think of what God does and that all good gifts come from him and that for those who belong to him all he intends for us is our good then you start to realize that okay loving and serving my wife Yes. Loving and serving my children, um, loving and serving my community, yes. leading my my community, and, and standing up for those things that are 
good, right, beautiful, true. Mm-hmm. That is really, uh, it, it is a gift. Um, and it's an opportunity for us. And this ultimately always draws back to, and we talked about this last week, to the man, um, yeah. Jesus Christ. And when you consider his life, uh, his ministry, his teachings, uh, not to mention his death for the sin of the world uh, and his resurrection for the justification of those who would believe in him, the his teachings pull out that uh, that again opportunity and, and, and intent of creation. What what yeah. people were created for, specifically in, in what men were created for, to lead, to love, to serve, um, and, and to, to train too. To tra- yeah, to, uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So. And I want to expand out just a touch because you did this really well last week, and I want to make sure that we're not alienating anyone. We said fathers, we said husbands, but this discussion is also for those who are not fathers and who are not husbands because I can tell you from personal experience, if you can nail this down prior to having a wife, prior to having children, then it's going to serve you a lot better than trying to figure it out as you go. One phrase that we used to use a lot when I was in education because it always seemed like it was helter-skelter is building the airplane while it's flying. You don't right. want to do that. Right. You don't want to do that. So yeah. even if you are a single man who's pursuing Jesus and loves Jesus, or maybe you haven't yet and maybe you come into a relationship with him, get this nailed down. Be yeah. a good man. So let's talk. We're going to go through our, our kind of three frameworks, right, of care, nurture, or nurture, care, care. and then honor, honor. right? Mm-hmm. So let's start with that nurturing and how God has designed. Yeah. I mean, literally, you you were masterful in the way that you wrote this in the doctrine of, of the created order, of how God has specific intentions in the way that he has designed creation mm-hmm. with an order. And everything has a purpose for why it was created. Right. With the penultimate creation being man on the sixth day. Correct. And we say the penultimate man because every other piece of creation was literally a verbal spoken word by God. Correct. But then you read the creation account in Genesis. And he says, let's make man in our own image. And after his image, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Mm -hmm. And what Genesis records for us, different than the rest of all creation, which we believe, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm pretty sure you agree with this, because I saw you write it. (laughs) The, The thing that orders man higher than any other piece of creation is the fact that Genesis records that God breathed into Adam the breath of life. That into Adam, he breathed the breath that is his spirit and, as you said, his inspiration. Yes. And that orders creation of man higher than the rest of creation. So what is that role that men are to serve as part of God's creation and being the highest ordered creation? Right. So, um, and... and, and and if you go back and read the piece itself, it talks about Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, how they're Correct. Um, two different accounts. And in Genesis 1, you hear the, the mankind is created as the crown of creation. 
as the last thing. Um, and, and then the blessing that they are to be fruitful, multiply, have dominion over the earth. And in that, they are to bear the image of the creator yes. to the creation. And so that's, that's man and woman together there. There's not really the, the separate distinctions and roles that you see. But in Genesis 2, that's where you see it, this intimate account of God stooping down into the the mud of the earth, yes. forming man with his own hands uh, and breathing into Adam this life-giving spirit. It's not our, our topic, but that also um, makes you think about what does it mean to be a, a living creature? And, and more than that, the promise of resurrection, mm -hmm. that body and spirit will come back together in fullness, completeness, without sin. That's how Adam was created in the beginning. So there's this intimate relationship that God has with man. And as he places Adam in the garden uh, to work it and to cultivate it, he's already given Adam a purpose, Adam a meaning and direction, uh, as we like to talk about in, in military terms. You know, purpose, motivation, direction is what troops need in order yes. to make them successful. And so he gives that to Adam uh, before the fall, so before sin even enters into the world. Adam has has a task before him to take care, cultivate the garden. Of course, as he's going along with this, God recognizes as as God has created all the other animals and kind of uh, he he has all the other animals have partners, um, opposite sex made them made those biologically male and female. Um, he realized that. Adam does not have that yet. And so mm -hmm. as Adam is supposed to work this ground, God says, okay, uh, you need a suitable helpmate. Parades all the animals in front of him. Adam names them. None of them are found to be helpful. So what does God do? He creates woman out of man, puts Adam to sleep, does surgery. That's the way that I like to talk about it and brings the woman back to Adam. Yeah. And now he sees himself in her and he sees his completion this is at last flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. And so the reality is, is that women, woman, in this case, Eve, uh, but women in general fit into this order as well. Man is in one sense incomplete without that. Correct. Um, so you see the beauty of marriage and family extending from that. And then, of course, the blessing of, of marriage itself. A man shall leave his father and mother, cling to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. But in that ordering... Man is still responsible for caretaking everything in creation. Well, now this new being has come into creation, Eve, the, the complement to Adam, and she becomes the first priority for him to take care of. And that is in understanding that as a man, we start to realize that's our calling is to Correct. provide and protect for that first uh, neighbor. Exactly. And and you say it perfectly. And the way that I say it in my wedding ceremony is that we have to remember that marriage was not an institution created by God or by man, but was first instituted by God way back in the garden exactly. when he created Adam and Eve. But I want you to notice that he did not take Eve from the bone of the head that she might rule <laughs> over him, nor did he take her from the bone of the foot that she might be walked upon, but yep. she was taken from the rib which is close to his heart so mm -hmm. that she might be loved and protected by the strength of his arm. Mm. And good. 
That's good. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't write it, but thank you. Yeah. Um, but but that order of creation, and I want to be very clear when we talk about this too. When we talk about these roles and we talk about this order of creation, we are not saying man greater than woman. We right. are not saying man replace woman. So the feminists can chill for a little bit, okay? <laughs> what we're saying is that there is a complement that has to exist between the sexes. Yes. There is a complement that exists as society is a society run by all males would be a disaster. Yeah. Society run by all females would be a disaster. Correct. There has to be this relationship that is complementary and you even said that it's our responsibility as man to take care of that first neighbor that we have mm -hmm. there was one command given in the garden to not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil right and that command is given before evil was created correct which places the importance of man's responsibility not only in protection not only in provision but also in discipleship and mm -hmm. the spiritual guiding of your families. Exactly. Yeah, that uh, protection piece, we tend to think of physical protection because men are Correct. generally bigger, stronger, you know, can do that stuff. But it's actually more important for the spiritual protection Absolutely. of the, the wife and the family. And that's what Adam failed to do in Genesis chapter 3. And, you know, that's that's kind of what that plays into this discussion. I because do want to get it, into that, though, because. OK. Be, and yeah. here's a, here's why. What was mm -hmm. Eve's response to the serpent in Genesis three? With, it was it was it, kind it, of correct. Correct. Yeah. Which, which means that she had somewhat <laughs> of a knowledge. Yeah. But she did not have a complete knowledge because she was not discipled well enough by her husband who was supposed mm -hmm. and who was supposed to disciple and was also responsible for her spiritual well-being right not only to mention that when you read the account of them actually sinning mm. she took eight of the fruit and then what gave it to him who he was, was right there with her right and i and i i've gone round and round about this with people at my church and in other discussions and i said listen when the scripture says that adam was right there he wasn't off and she said hey he was literally there listening to the conversation did not step up and the sin that has infected mankind was yes falling short of the glory of god and breaking that relationship but there's an element of not protecting and doing what you're responsible to do as a man correct and so Luther, my one of my heroes, maybe my hero, I don't know, uh, talks. He gives a couple of different things that are that relate to this. One, he talks about if Adam had been doing his job, he would have smashed the serpent's head, Correct. brought his wife wife away from him right then. But he failed to do that. The second Coward. thing is, yeah, um, and, and that is that's really that ties right into the second thing when Luther evaluates this. What is the actual sin that's going on? The first sin is the manifestation is the actual eating. Sure. But the first sin is doubting God's word. And that goes back to making sure that Eve knew God's word and trusted God's word. And the serpent went after Eve because, again, Adam was responsible for 
imaging God to her as Correct. the crown of as the 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 first one made in the head of uh yeah the head. So you see that that's where the quote weak point comes in. It is the doubting of God's word. Yes, and so that's ultimately Adam's responsibility, and that's what throws everything into chaos. There's also an interesting, you know, and we could spend hours and hours on on just Genesis 1, 2, and 3. In fact, I mean, my personal opinion, if you took Genesis 1, 2, and 3, and then the Gospel of John and the Book of Romans, maybe Revelation, like you could have the Bible in the Psalms. I got to throw the Psalms in there. Of course. But you would have you would have everything that you would need to know for how life is supposed to go, why life is not going the way it is, and what God's plan was or is to save it. So I heard um, one pastor say the the first two chapters of the Bible are what life was supposed to be like. Mm-hmm. The last two chapters of the Bible are what life will be again, and everything Correct. in between is God's mission to get us from that place to Absolutely. this place. Absolutely, and that's what makes it so beautiful. Is that everything points to um, that aspect I, for. And, the Genesis account, I know we can talk for hours, <laughs> for hours mm-hmm. on this. There's one, there's this, we talk about provision and protection. Mm-hmm. The last verse of Genesis 2, the man and woman mm-hmm. were naked and unashamed. Mm-hmm. Complete and total intimacy, yep. right? The thing that needs to, well, not the thing, but another aspect of that protection because what happens in the moment that they sin yeah they sew together leaves for themselves yep and it's not only naked and unashamed in front of each other it's naked and unashamed in front of god God. correct and so again you go to the genesis 3 what is it that they do they sewed fig leaves together and they hid themselves correct so you, you you start to see all this unraveling of what God had created and called very good. Correct. Um, man and woman have defied God, defied his word, d- doubted it, trusted in the created thing, yep. the serpent, and not the creator. Then they have, rec- their eyes are opened, which is not a good thing in this. Um, and in fact, you know, the, the, the contrast is their eyes being opened makes them blind because they can no longer be in the presence of God and actually Correct. see see what he provides for them. They clothe themselves, they hide themselves, and then they begin to blame each other. Yep. Um, and that's, you know, that's those are all the effects of sin starting to just manifest right then and there as, as soon as it as soon as it happens. Um, but before we jump into to the Genesis three thing, I just sure. to, yeah. to, to kind of clarify some of the roles and responsibilities that men are given prior to the fall. Because yeah, the other the other thing is is that this good design of God's creation still exists after the fall. God didn't just completely vanquish the world. In fact, that's kind of the whole point of Genesis 3.15, which we'll get to, yes. is that God is not going to, to destroy this. He's going to redeem it. But pre-fall, the, and so the design goes through and the order goes through the fall and is still maintained there as kind of the skeleton if you will or the um planned structure that's there and and that's actually still very good for us 
It's mm-hmm. good that the sun rises and yes. you know sets, and that we have different seasons and the rains still come and all that, and that the earth still produces fruit for us to eat, and the animals are still here uh, for us to to utilize either eating or for you know we've kind of moved away from that uh, in the agrarian situation. But regardless, the things that God has cre- God has created did create are still there for us and still beneficial for us. So it is with His order. And so when you think about man and what he is placed to do on earth, it is to, first of all, uh, care for the creation, starting with his first neighbor, his wife, and and the offspring that are promised to him. Correct. So that's it. The second thing is he is supposed to work. When you think about the relationship that Adam and Eve have, Eve is going to be the helpmate. But Adam is the one who is ultimately responsible for everything that's happening, and he's ultimately the one that has to carry things out. In a real sense, when God gives Eve to Adam, it is now someone that he can share his experience with Mm -hmm. uh, and and his work that he is completing in the garden, his cultivating of creation. So because in one sense, God doesn't need any of that. He's the one that created it all. But now Adam has someone that he can work and give that work too. It's not just sitting on himself going, you know, right. uh, kind of aimless or whatever. Now it's directed for someone and Eve is there to receive that. That is still true today. Uh, not getting into to roles in the, in the household and stuff, but ultimately what the man is responsible for is to provide for the woman and for the wife protection and that care and that continuing to cultivate that faith uh, within the household. Uh, One, I don't remember who it was, and I don't remember if it was something you sent me recently, but somebody that I was uh, listening to or reading talked about how the uh, original design in the garden was like a temple and that Adam was the high priest in the temple and that Eve was kind of the... um, the recipient of that and that they together were this temple to God to bear it to the rest of creation. It's a really interesting illustration. Mm -hmm. I'd never heard that. And, uh, but yet it it made it, it resonated with me. So, but then we can move into Genesis three. Yeah. And we can get there. I just, I also want to be clear. Like when we say that there's, this does not mean man greater than woman. I like, (laughs) I know that people will hear what we're saying and go, oh, you're just a yeah. bunch of misogynists, right? And right. I'm like, no, like, in order for us to protect and provide, we first do that out of love. Mm-hmm. And we do that because we care and because, like, why do I walk on the closest spot to the street when we're walking down the sidewalk? Because if anybody's getting hit, I'm getting hit. Why do I sit where I can see a door when we're in a restaurant? Because... I don't I don't want my wife to have to be in a situation that I'm not there to protect, right? right? Call it old-fashioned, call it misogynistic, I'm not going to apologize for it. Right. Because I feel like that's my responsibility to love and to care for her, though I respect her as an individual person who God created for his worship yeah. and has given and- to me to steward well. Mhm. Like, she is a gift from God. My kids are gifts from God, and they need to be stewarded just like any other blessing I've been given needs to be stewarded. 
Correct. And that's call it what you want, but it, that's that's how yeah. it is viewed, and that's how I believe I bring glory to God. Yeah. Well, and it goes back to that kind of purpose, direction, motivation, Correct. that type of stuff. Is now that that is for a husband to have a wife, it is now focused towards here is here is someone who is tangibly can tangibly receive the, the things that that God has blessed me with to provide for. So, you know, in in work or um you know, when we talk about protection and provision, correct. That assumes that there's someone to protect. That assumes that there's someone to provide for outside correct. of yourself. Because that's the other thing of this is when God creates Adam and Eve complementing each other, they're meant for each other. They're meant for the benefit of each other. Right. And so in a real sense, now not again, not to take away from any uh, men who are unwed or any women who are unwed, but there is a real sense of when you are married, that's when you find that fullness of how God created you to be. Now, for for those who are unwed, what I will say is you can still find that, but it's going to look a little different. And namely, where you find that is the church, because yeah. there are those who need your care and your support, especially you young yes. men. They need the church needs you to step up and, and to take leadership and to be the example for other young men and to ultimately, hopefully, if God willing, you become a husband to a wife that, again, instills that for the whole congregation and for the whole church and for the community at yeah. large that you're living in. And so we move from the nurture to the care, right? Because mm -hmm. as God had designed that and as God had ordered that, of course, mankind fell. Correct. Eve was deceived. Adam was a coward. And mankind was infected with sin. And that sin has infected everyone who has ever lived. Correct. Which is why, you know, you and I, even though we're on this podcast and we talk about these things, it's still a daily battle for us. Absolutely. It's still a daily battle to provide, protect, and, and, and mm -hmm. have that order right. We... We're just two guys trying to be as real as we can to let you know that, like, we don't have it all figured out. Correct. But we're trying. <laughs> and 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 we and more than that, we can point you to the one who does have it all. Who figured does out have it? One hundred percent. And who has it all in his hands? Yes, correct. Um, that's another another Luther quote that's kind of related to this. Uh, he says, you know, we're just beggars trying to show other beggars where to find bread. Exactly. And that's, and that's, that's really, that's all, if you get nothing else out of that pod, <laughs> this podcast tonight, that is the thesis statement, right? right. <laughs> just exactly. Two beggars trying to point other beggars um, to bread. Exactly. And so sin enters the world. Yep. Right. Eve is deceived. Adam is the one responsible for the sin, according to. Paul in Romans, right? By yep. one man's sin, sin entered into the world and death because of sin. Um, Correct. And Which is a, it was a, a, a big thing to highlight. Paul points out Adam. Yeah. The, 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 I think the term used is federal head. Yeah. Federal uh, headship. That, yeah. That it's his responsibility, his fault. So, yeah. Because. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah, and and so the the people who were naked and unashamed in front of each other and in front of God, then sow for themselves fig leaves, 
Mm-hmm. Now, I went back to make sure that I was correct when I said this, but it was actual leaves that they f- they they sewed together and hid. Yep. And yep. then God came walking in the garden. Yep. And it's one thing that I've told Bible studies that I've taught and, and, and people that I've taught, like, listen, there's no indication that Genesis 3 happened on day 8. Mm-hmm. So we yeah. don't really know the determined time between the end of Genesis 2 and the beginning of Genesis 3. Correct. Which indicates for us that from the end of Genesis 2 and the beginning of Genesis 3, however long of a period of time that is, and it's not a hill that I'm going to die on, it's not even a theological statement I'm going to make, <laughs> but we do know that there was a communion that was being had between creation and creator mm-hmm. because to me it does it, it it it's not like this one specific day is when god chose to come walk in the garden right there there had to be other moments like that right yep. and he calls out to them and they're hiding even though he knows where they are at right, right. and then we get into what you talked about right the the finger pointing well the woman that you gave me mm-hmm. did this yep. and then the woman goes well the serpent da 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 da, da. And then that's where we get Genesis 3.21. And I know I'm skipping ahead from Genesis 3.15, but Genesis 3.21, which is where we read that God then dealt with their sin. Yeah. That there was an animal sacrificed, that the first account of bloodshed happened, Mm -hmm. and that God proved to mankind any covering that you want to make for your sins will always be inadequate to the grace that I give you. Correct. And as men, single, married, fathers, whichever we are, we have to understand the gospel. We have to understand that as we live and as we breathe and as we walk every day, we are a sinner that is saved by grace. Absolutely. Um, So to, to, to kind of pull out some more from the fall itself, uh, you know, they hit themselves. And then when God does come and ask, where are you? That's the moment of what should have been repentance from Adam. Correct. Uh, of God, we did, we did that thing, which you told us not to do, but instead he turns and he blames, he actually blames God because it's the woman you, you gave, gave me. me. Yep. And you, you realize all of a sudden, just in that moment, how, absolutely terrible things have become because at first I hid myself because I was afraid. God created you. Mm -hmm. He provided everything you needed. And now you're fearing him, like not in a good awe, respect, fear that, but in this, I'm afraid to even be in your presence and talk to you because I I don't want you anymore. I want to push you away. Mm Mm-hmm. And then to blame his wife that God gave to him as, you know, you just see how unraveled everything has become. Correct. And then Eve points to the serpent and then God starts handing out the punishments. And this is where um, in this punishment, this is what is so uh, incredible about God. Surprise is that in the midst of the punishments that he's handing out, the the punishments they rightly deserve because they disobeyed God, mm-hmm. he makes a promise. Mm-hmm. And the promise, and I'll, I'll just read it. 
he's cursing the serpent because of the serpent's deception of Eve. And of course, we come to find out later from Revelation, the serpent is Satan, the devil, the evil one. He says, God says, I will put enmity, strife, opposition, whatever word you want to put in there, between you, serpent, and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, you shall bruise his heel. And this is what we call in theological terms, the first gospel or the proto-gospel. And what that is, is the promise right then and there that everything the serpent has done in his mm -hmm. deception and his, his leading astray Adam and Eve and the causing of the fall and the introduction of sin into the world and as uh, God will say later, the introduction of death into the world, mm -hmm. God is going to undo it by the seed of the woman. Well, who is that seed? Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. How is it that he crushes the serpent's head? He himself gives himself over into death on the cross for the sake of the sin of the world. And then he rises to show that he has accomplished this, that he has fulfilled this promise from all the way in the beginning. And why that's important is it relates exactly to what you're saying, is that we have to live in the gospel of that this Jesus has overcome the devil. He has overcome the consequence of sin, mm -hmm. death. And he promises new life and forgiveness to all who believe in him. And that's really, when we talk about our struggle in the caring part of uh, our, our this segment here, it all comes back to what Christ has done for us, that his blood covers us now, yeah. and that because of that, we have the forgiveness of sins. Because of that, we are restored to right relationship with God. Because of that, we have God's favor. He is our heavenly father, mm -hmm. and he is the example of fatherhood for us. And so if we're not walking in that daily living in that, rejoicing, basking in that, and then being inspired by that to to love and serve our wives and our families, well, we need to repent. Correct. We need to answer the question, where are you? God, I'm here. Have mercy on me. Help me. Yeah, I... And it, it may sound like a very big and broad statement to say a good man is a man that lives the gospel. Mm -hmm. And as broad as that may sound, that's really as simple as we can make it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, mm -hmm. the the Masculinity Matters blog is going to talk – it talks about, you know, the – the different characteristics or virtues specifically dealing with like army values right and right. and even arm and even the values that you can see in the biblical character of Boaz who mm -hmm. i would say was a good man right i mean even the yeah. bible talks about him being a a man of good reputation yeah. as as men in in society if we want to be good then we have to live the gospel. Mm -hmm. We have to understand that, one, there's a God who created us and we fall short of his glory, mm -hmm. but he loved us to send his son to become sin so that we might become the righteousness Righteous. of God. Exactly. And we need to live in light of that. 
Yes. So so what does that look like then on a daily basis for guys who are like I need like a three step plan, right? Yeah. I need right. I need I need like a check box or something yeah. like what does that look like? What virtues or what like let's get into that a little bit. How do we display this? So the first thing and again, I, I think using Genesis three as the it is that question of where are you? Um because God is actually asking that of all of us. Mm-hmm. And and the response, the faithful response, the response from the gospel is, here I am, I am your child. You have called me by name. I am yours. Yeah. Um, you have forgiven me all my sins. You have given me all these gifts. So the first part of that, and this might sound like a strange word, but is repentance, returning. Okay, And that's a daily thing. It a is. daily thing turning to God and uh, offering thanks and praise for all that he's done for us and then seeking his wisdom, his guidance, prayer that the Holy Spirit would continue to guide and strengthen us to carry out what we've been given to do. So the first thing would be repentance. The second thing in a very tangible way is to speak that gospel to your family. And and I don't mean like, you know, some denominations, some church practices and stuff will get up and say like, you know, uh, the, the, the gospel is Jesus Christ died for your sins, you know, believe in him and stuff like that. That's all true, but speak the good news of God's promises in that, in that moment, you know, whatever it is, because if it's a good day, you speak the promise that God is our heavenly father and he's provided all these things. If it's a bad day, you speak the promise. God has said he will never leave us or forsake us, Correct. you know? And so there's that range of, uh, speaking the word of God, the truth of God to our families. And that's, I mean, those are two big things that really should be happening in our daily lives as Christians. Yeah. Um, and then going about our work, God, again, vocation has come up several times in our previous posts and previous videos and stuff where God has placed you with your particular wife, with your particular children, in your particular job, um, doing what you have been given to do, do that to the best of your ability. Yes. And and do it at, as unto the Lord, as Paul exhorts us in Colossians to do. You know, that, that being reminded that what, as Adam was created to serve the creation, and that was for God's glory, that's what God created him to do. We should recognize that's the same for us. And so in whatever role that you are placed in in life to mm-hmm. carry those things out, starting first with your wife, then with your children, and then whatever things flow from that. So yeah. that's my checklist. Yeah, and and I, I think that that's really important. I, I mean, it's, it's the utmost importance, right, is mm-hmm. – Every I like I, I like how you said every day is a return, right? Every mm-hmm. day is a you know your feet hit the floor and it's okay. Here I am, right? Yeah. Uh, it's almost Isaiah's response too, like exactly. Here yeah. I am, send me, right? But yep. he starts that by saying, "Woe is me, because I'm a man of unclean lips," right? Yeah. So he starts with repentance and then goes, "Okay, yeah. well, how can I serve?" Right? Exactly. And. We talked about this last week on the podcast, like hope and encouragement were kind of like the buzzwords, right? Yep. You're going to hear us say ad nauseum on this podcast (laughs) 
love, and serve. Yep. And then we're gonna we're gonna piggyback that with love, serve, and train or disciple, mm-hmm. because as men, these characteristics that we put out, right? If, if we look at you know the masculinity matters blog, right? Leadership, duty, selfless sacrifice honor, integrity, personal courage, right? Respect. Those are good characteristics and they should be exuded by who we are, but they will always fall short if they are not first met with repentance and the gospel. Yes. You have to start there. You have to love, you have to serve, you have to train or disciple your family. Mm -hmm. So you have a boy, I have two boys. Right. Mm-hmm. You have two daughters. I have a daughter. Kind of the inverse. Right. Yeah. How can we as godly men train our boys to be men yeah. and then train our girls to know the difference between a little boy yeah. and a man? Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> as uh, one pastor says, I don't want to have to do prison ministry from the inside. <laughs> Right? Yeah. yeah because yeah, yeah. that thought has crossed my mind quite right. often, especially, yeah. you know, there's there's a lot of guys I've even encountered in my life that I'm just like, yeah. oh, my gosh, if if I could just put on some boxing gloves and get into a ring with you, I would have a lot of fun because yeah. I, it's very frustrating. Yeah. Let me just put it that way, right? When you see yeah. these guys who – basically have deceived women and have not bettered anybody around them. Yeah. You know, so how can we train our boys? How can we train our girls? I guess is. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great question. question. And, and uh, I'm not going to say I have an absolute answer because if I did, I would write a book and I'd sell a million copies of it because sure. I, I think that's a question that every, every one of us um, wrestles with. It and, and, and it's and on it's, a I daily think it's also, basis. And, and I think it's also different generation to generation Mm -hmm. um but especially that's a good that's a very good point because our kids because our kids are almost identical in age mm -hmm. our kids are going to face things in this culture Mm -hmm. that you and i growing up never did right and i and this is when i worked in youth ministry and i worked in schools this is one thing that i always like love telling adults is like you don't understand how difficult it is to be a kid these yep. days. Yeah, they have the world at their fingertips, which is not necessarily not a good thing. Good thing. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. like, let's be very clear. The the issues that, like, you and I dealt with when we were going into high school and, and middle school are not the same issues that our kids are facing when they head off to school. Correct. And, I mean – just personal like Jess and I have decided to homeschool mm-hmm. at this point because it, it's not that we well I guess it is because we don't necessarily trust public education anymore <laughs> but like at a certain point we kind of made the decision and, as a family this is how they have eight hours with my kid mm-hmm. every day which is more time than I have with them right so who really has the influence over my kid Correct. And if it's my job to protect and it's my job to serve, I cannot allow that type of influence. Unless Call me a helicopter dad all you want, (laughs) but at the end of the day, I'm going to stand before God and answer for that. Right. 
you're, you're absolutely right. And that is the protection side of this and the providing side of this is making good decisions on behalf of our children uh, because they're not they're not entrusted to do those positions yet. And that's but that is what we are training them for. And that, that's Correct. really your, your question yeah. to get back to it. So the first thing is uh, we have to model it. Yes. Um, thank you. Because the, I was hoping that was the first thing that you said. Yeah. Because that's like that's, the number one thing. Yes. And that's what that's what our children are going to see how we yes uh, how we reverence God first. Yes. Um and, and you know, if we hold God as the you know the central focus of our lives, our kids are going to pick up on that. Now yes. hopefully hopefully they follow in that way. That's and all you can do is continue to be that example and pray for them to do that. Um because I know Godly men whose children have gone different directions. Sure. And, you know, but isn't that's Ezekiel a, that, that different... talks about not dealing with, you know, like the sins of the son are not held against the father, the sins of the father are not held against the son. Like, well, and, and that, yeah, that they will be brought back to each other. Correct. Um, so, so the first thing is, is to model it. And that is with your relationship with God. Yes. So it's going to be, that's going to be going to church, um, praying. Reading the Word, I uh, sent you a quote today that I thought was awesome, uh, challenging men to sing. Yeah, um, I saw that. And, and, and sing in your homes yeah. as well. Except uh, for every time I do, my kids are like, Dad, stop singing. I'm like, not kidding. I, I know that was yeah. part of the quote, but like legitimately my kids would be like, Dad, can you not the, sing? And I'm like, <laughs> I cannot sing, I guess, but yeah. I'm still going to. <laughs> right. So, so model that relationship with God first. Okay. In terms of training our, our young men and our young women, they're also going to see how we treat our wives yes. and how our wives treat us. Yes. And so as parents setting that example for them, and that's, that's tough. And I've realized this just in, in my own marriage and with my own family, there are times where it is you know, either the stress of the environment, something that the, the kids did, something that I did that triggers these, uh, you know, outbursts or, or, or inappropriate responses or, or something, inappropriate behavior one way or another. And, and the kids pick up on that. But really where this, and this kind of relates back to the first point, uh, where that comes down is how do you handle that as godly parents? And especially if there is, legitimate sin that has happened that has manifested yeah. and occurred that is i'm sorry forgive me yes and speak that to your wife speak that to your children have them speak it to you as well and practice that within the household so that's that's it's one of my of it's one of my favorite quotes that we've ever put up on on culture death i know we've had some good ones mm -hmm. but it was clarence buddington kelland an american writer who said my father didn't tell me how to live. He lived yeah. and let me watch him do it. Right. It, that's it, that, the, yeah. Well, and that's there's there's a um, I can't remember who it is now, um, but it, it kind of it, one of his thesis was things are not uh, you are not so much taught things as things are caught. In other words, it's Correct. what's perceived and then embedded in your mind. And so Correct. when you're modeling that between the relationship that you have with your wife um, and that wives have to their husbands, that's going to show up in the children. Yes. Um, and so that's that's the second part of it. 
The third part is that we actually go back to what is a man? What is a woman? And this doesn't mean you have to get into the deep biological or theological discussions with your kids, but to say, you know, this is something I've been teaching my son. What is the responsibility of boys and young men? And his answer is to protect. Now, I, I don't know that he... <laughs> we, do, could, we do the same thing. Yeah. I tell Jack the same thing. Like, what's your number one job? Protect yeah. my sister. Yeah. And I'm like, yes. Like, yeah. and, and, and whether they... And of course, I don't expect him to comprehend that fully. Sure. But I want that to be there so that when the time comes, mm-hmm. when he gets into uh, elementary, middle school, high school, that he understands... God has gifted him with certain abilities, and it's to use in service for the neighbor. And that begins with protecting. That means protecting those who are less vulnerable or more vulnerable um, and and protecting what is good, right, and true. And that that starts at a young age. And and I wear my superhero shirt. Not that all of them are examples, but there is a, a sense of we have to understand why we think heroes are virtuous because right. they protect Ult- the, the best heroes are the ones who protect correct um and so training the young men in that and then simultaneously training our young women to say this is what you need to be looking for in a man yes. and this is what you hold young men accountable to yes because that's really as much as eve was created for for adam to 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 for Adam to give to her, so also she is there as the reflection of saying, hey, this is what I need you to do. Yes. This is what you are supposed to do. Yes. And that is, you know, we, for whether it's, uh, you know, been lost or, or whatever in our, uh, in our own practices in the church or in feminism or whatever, we have forgotten that a, a woman, as it complements the man, Part of that complimenting is to say, hey, here are the needs. Yes. And here's what I expect from you. Yes. And if we train our daughters to say, I expect you as a man to lead me, to protect me, to provide for me. And if you're not doing that firstly, spiritually, and then secondly, materially, then you're not the man that I need. Exactly. Um, and, And to get them to understand they should have that expectation of anybody that they're going to date, and especially, obviously, if they're going to marry them. Yes. Yeah, I. It's such a tall task, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's such a tall task, but the example that you set will be the greatest teacher, more so even than the words you say. Yep. Right. Like I, I look back at like my dad, who I love great dad who i rightfully admit i did not listen to like i should have when i was younger but i did watch him mm-hmm. and i saw him serve my mom by doing the dishes after dinner or you know all the like those different types of things that you know they're not groundbreaking they're not earth shattering but they are examples mm-hmm. and now i try to take that into you know my own like that that the the model that you set for your young boys and for your young girls will be the the greatest teacher that they have. Correct. The greatest Correct. teacher that they have. So let's move yeah. into the honoring then, right? Yeah. So 
And I I see the verses that you put up here, <laughs> Ephesians five twenty two, which is immediately yeah. going to get us into a lot of trouble. Right. But Ephesians five twenty two through thirty does give this great breakdown of how we can mutually honor each other. Yes. And I think that one, and I, I put this in uh, the article on the Doctor of the Order of Creation. Um, when Paul says, wives, submit to your husbands, mm -hmm. um, there is a real, the, it, and, and this kind of gets to my, if we get to word of the day segment, what what I think is the word of the day for this whole sure. um, episode is, is order. But that word submit, hubotasso, is the Greek. And it has to do with being in the right order. It's related to our English word uh, taxonomy. So taxonomy is like you order, um, mm -hmm. uh, you categorize things. So it's being in that right order. So it, that shows that women have a wonderful, beautiful role that they are playing in this creation, specifically in the blessing of marriage, mm -hmm. that in that order, and they, it kind of sounds strange, but if they keep that order, that will keep their men in order in the way that they are supposed to be protecting and providing for them. Which is um, where things have gotten out of out of balance. Because correct. we, you know, the greater part of that section of verses, yeah, everybody loves to harp on 522, right? Mm -hmm. Wives, submit to your husbands, right? right? And And honestly, it's been misused quite often in misogynistic type preaching. Absolutely. And I refuse to allow us to be misogynist in that way because correct. we're not. Correct. Because I read that section of verses and then say, oh, wait, there is a verse before that that tells us to mutually submit to one another out of love. Correct. And how do we do it's... that? Well, the wives submit to the husbands, but then the, the husband is to love the wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for it. And the, yeah. the, the majority of that section in Ephesians does not deal with the woman. The majority of that section is this is your responsibility as a dude. Correct. Absolutely. And, and that we've is, gotten that wrong. Yeah. And and we've gotten it wrong in, in we think if you ask, you know, the men in your congregation, would you take a bullet for your wife? Most of them will stand up and say, Yes, absolutely. I would mm -hmm. do that. I would die for my wife. All right. What about would you give up your Sunday afternoon of watching the Detroit Lions? Thank you. To take her to right. the store. Oh, well, wait a second, Pastor. You know, that's but that's when when Paul says and God saying by the Holy Spirit through Paul, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. He spared nothing right. for the redemption of the world. Right. For us, for our sin. He gave up everything. He emptied himself. Mm -hmm. Taking on the form of a servant. Yes. That's what we are called to do. And that in, in modeling that to our wives, modeling that to our children will make things go well. And we have to understand that that's what it truly means to be the one who is in the role of responsibility. Correct. And if you are not doing that, you are sinning. Correct. And you are not being a man. Correct. 
Plain and simple. And, I, I'm not gonna I'm, uh, like I'm not gonna mince words because when you're talking to men, you can speak a little bit harsher, right? Right. If you are not loving your wife as Christ loved the church, then don't talk to me about manhood because you do not understand it. Correct. I don't care how and, far you can spit. I don't care how strong you think you are. You are right. not a man. Correct. And the, but for those who are convicted by that. Repentance then, is always available. Exactly. And and to sure. return to the one who has loved yes. the church yes. and gave himself up for having washed her with water in the word, cleansed her, that he might present her as a bride, holy, spotless, without blemish. But it's what That's Paul the, says, Ephesians 5, right before this, this section, this, be right, imitators right, of God, right? Yes. Walk in a manner that is worthy of the gospel. Exactly. Exactly. And that is... And and that is the other the, the other side of this is and and in this podcast as we're we're doing the nurture the care and the honor for uh, all of our listeners, there are going to be parts of this that convict you, and it should. This is God's word. This is yeah. God's order. This is God's expectation on us. If it does, then repent and believe the gospel. Christ has died for your sins. He has taken them away. You are as white as snow because of His blood. And believe that that's true about you, and get back out there and live as, as in a manner worthy of the gospel. And if you need you a called. resource on that, we have a conversational doctrine piece, or actually, we have a now what piece on uncultured dad called "What Is Salvation," yeah. and you can get to that and 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 find that on uncultured yeah. dad. It'll be linked down below. Right. But honor. Then, go ahead. Oh, and, and and another side piece with that was it's just in our blog. Uh, forgiveness forms faithful fathers. Yes, if you don't that have that, then then you can't. Then you, then you, and then you will never live up to that calling Correct. as a man. Correct. But to honor, yeah. we love as Christ loved. Exactly. So let's move into the final segment. Okay. Our word of the day as chaplains. Yeah. What's your word for the day? So, uh, stemming out of all this, I already said it. Uh, Order, um, order in the sense of how God has put things together, uh, from the creation of the world, uh, even through the fall, to the redemption that comes in Jesus Christ, and to the promise of the consummation at the end of all time. This is God's good order for us. It, he designed it with us in mind for our benefit. We're the ones that screwed it up, mm -hmm. yet. Even in the midst of that, he promised a Savior and gave that Savior to us in Jesus Christ. And now that Christ has come and that Christ has redeemed us, that he has restored us to that order, that we should live and walk in it. Um, and so when we think about our lives going forward, it is being in that order. And things tend to go well when we're in that. Now, when sin comes and interferes with that, and when the sinful world tries to upset that order, return to God and remember his promises. Uh, remember his design, his will. Remember what he has done for us in Christ and be reordered by that. So order is my kind of word of the day, word of wisdom. That's a good one. That's a good one. I knew you were going with order because we said it about <laughs> a million times tonight. Right. Uh, mine is simply this. AJ's word of the day, responsibility. 
we talk about what is a man, then we have to talk about the responsibility of being a man. And the responsibility of being a man is to protect, to provide, to love, to serve, to train. That is our responsibility, to show grace, to model grace, to live the gospel, to model the gospel, to train our wives and our children in spiritual things and the word of God so that they, through us, may be able to see and recognize the glory of God. Because the chief end of man is the glory of God and to enjoy him forever. And there is no better thing in this life than, as Psalms 34, 8 says, than to taste and to see that the Lord is good. And it is our responsibility as men to make sure that we're tasting and seeing that God is good and then providing that type of spiritual guidance for our families as well. So I think that's going to do it. Yeah. That was a good discussion. And we will have more for you next week. Make sure that you've liked and subscribed on YouTube. You can check us out on Apple and Spotify because we're going big time apparently. (laughs) But make sure you've subscribed there. You can get all the latest stuff there. Make sure you check out Uncultured Dad for the latest content as well. You can follow us on all social media platforms. We will see you next Friday at noon when the next episode of the Two Chaps Pod drops for Coleman Dracy. I'm AJ Riley. We'll see you next week.